0: This episode of The Very Serious Crafts Podcast is brought to you by the Embroiderer's Guild of America. You're listening to The Very Serious Crafts Podcast.
1: We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 13 of The Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied, and I'm Molly from
2: Wild Olive. Today we'll be talking about glass cutting, rolled paper crafts, and those places we used to visit for fabric and yarn. What were those again?
1: I don't know, man. Do remember that? <laughs> I, yeah, I nope. Ugh. It's been a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, if if you guys. Yeah, you, you listeners happen to hear strange stampeding and pouncing and jumping and mewing noises. I have two kittens. And um, they're named Friney and Detective Inspector Jack Robinson. And they cannot be contained. <laughs> so, um, they're going to show up. They've probably already shown up. It's I, I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not, because they're adorable. Yep. They
1: are super <laughs>
0: adorable.
1: They're very cute.
0: Yes, they showed up right in the middle of a tropical storm last Saturday. So that, oh, oh there they are. Um, <laughs> so they uh, they are very cute, and they are nine or ten weeks old. And so they're very tiny and into everything
1: yes what's have they destroyed anything major yet <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> well yesterday they managed i to, i'm not entirely sure what happened actually <laughs> um let's just say i had them in their kitten playpen to keep them out of the way while some cleaning was happening Mhm. And when I came back, they and their entire playpen were wet and covered with I, I, I litter, maybe. <laughs> um, and then we all three needed a bath. Uh. yeah, uh-huh. yeah it was super fun. Um, but yeah, uh, knock on all of the wood. That is as exciting as it has gotten. Although they have just trapped them. Ow! Stop biting my foot. Anyway, how are you guys?
1: (laughs) Good. Um, Apparently there's just tiny new creatures everywhere right now in our lives. (laughs) Uh, Because my brother's baby was born last week, so yay! Congratulations to them.
0: Yes, and congratulations to you
1: too. Yeah, I'm excited to be an aunt again. Um, her name's Scarlett. She's really cute. She's really little. Not as little as my preemie niece, but a little little six-pounder baby. Um, and uh, so now I have this renewed conundrum of what to craft, what size to craft, whether to craft, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. The joys of
1: being an aunt who crafts. We are back here at this discussion again yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I am uh under the same conundrum, strangely, although i am not sure if the family member who is procreating is has announced this publicly yet, so it's not me <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: otherwise, I'd know
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but uh so so I feel you,
1: yeah, yeah. So if any, if any listeners out there have uh, current, former, interesting baby or toddler ideas, um, I have a baby niece, and I also have a two-year-old niece. And I've been informed the two-year-old niece is getting into cooking now and needs a little apron. So oh, that's any, adorable. Yeah. Any ideas y'all have, just feel free to send
0: them to the podcast. Ooh, a Japanese-style apron would be perfect for a kid that age oh, that yeah. goes all the way around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah that's really smart that would be fun anyway (laughs) i I just i just like them and haven't made an excuse up for myself to make one yet (laughs) i want to live vicariously through you (laughs) well we'll see hopefully i can live up to
2: my
1: aunt expectations
2: i'm i'm sure you will do just fine i'll do something (laughs) (laughs) um anyway well i within the last few days did something that i never thought i would do oh and that is i did a youtube live whoa cool what What? (laughs) like yeah actual video just me there talking with people interacting with me i did it as like a special thing for the people who are in my stitching club so that
0: Mm -hmm. we could Mm -hmm.
2: have that kind of community element. And it was actually a lot of fun. And I'm probably going to do it again. Definitely. Definitely for the stitching club people. But I might, I don't know, I might actually do it with like, just open it up to people who might want (laughs) to to watch me stitch and talk about stitching. I don't know. It was really weird, but it was like, it was fun. So I'm glad that I stepped out of my comfort zone and and did that. So,
0: yeah. That's so exciting. Good for you. Wow. Thank you. I definitely, well, I guess I've done Zoom craft nights, but that's not quite the same thing. No. (laughs) You
2: know, it's not, well, it was was private. So it was like only limited to, you know, who had the link. So that was like a good... First step into it, but I will say, like doing more Zoom calls, that that made it a lot easier to transition into this because I could just think about it as, "Hey, these are people that I know," and no, in uh, air quotes for sure, because you know, it's I'm basically sending them weekly emails, but uh, yeah, so it just made that transition a little bit easier for me, and it ended up being really yeah.
0: fun. So. Yep. And they're people who know you. Yeah. Like, they, f- they feel as though they have, like, a personal relationship with you. So it's a bit less, less stressful, I guess. Unless you're me. That would make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: no, it was, it was good. So anyway, that's awesome. yeah,
0: that's good. <laughs> so before we jump into talking, we want to give a shout out to some new serious friends of the new of the (laughs) not-so-new Very Serious Crafts podcast, who are now supporting us at patreon.com slash seriouscrafts. Many thanks to Heather, Beth, and Michelle. You guys are the best! Thank you! Yeah. Huzzah! (laughs) So, I don't usually like to go out, I don't usually like to be social, but right now I've kind of found myself... Missing visiting my local fabric shops and local yarn shops, which, shout out to Brooklyn General Store and Woolen, which are uh, my locals and my favorites. Um, But I, I miss just going there and having the option to browse and hang out. And since I usually go during the middle of a work day, there usually aren't very many people around and I know the owners and I just... I miss, I guess, the inspiration that comes from having someone who knows you be like, oh, did you see this new fabric that came in? And, like, falling down a new project rabbit hole and I just... (laughs) I miss the... The community of that like the community feel and I feel kind of weirdly isolated and I know that it's July and there have been people who have felt isolated since March but that that is not me um right (laughs) but that I just all of a sudden I'm really missing that and I'm feeling like I'm kind of in a creative rut because I haven't just been able to wander around and look at fabric and see what comes to mind and Mm. I miss it
1: Mm -hmm. that's totally relatable yeah
2: every time that I think I really miss walking around and looking at all the fabrics I go okay a I still am I'm still not necessarily comfortable with the idea of going uh and spending a lot of time someplace that I don't need to be spending a lot of time there um oh right but even more than that I'm I'm also like there's a part of me that because even if I don't interact with people right like you're just there and you're like interacting with the stuff uh real time but like I'm I'm also a little bit hesitant to go and like see what like I My mom had this experience about, like, her favorite grocery store much earlier on during the pandemic, Mm
1: -hmm. which,
2: you know, that's funny, a favorite grocery store, but we have those things because we're adults. But um, anyway, (laughs) like, I almost don't want to experience it with the, you know, the extra anxiety that comes with it or thinking that shelves might be more bare when it comes to fabric because of mask making or you know all of those things also come into it
0: yeah and i want to have it be a happy place (laughs) what i really miss is how it always has been like i have i have not been to a grocery store since the beginning of this because i think that I'm going to see all of the changes. Like, I've been told that there are plexiglass barriers up um, at cash registers and just a bunch of different things. And I'm I'm fairly certain that if I see all of that, even if I'm doing all the right things, I'm going to have a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And, like, for real, not just saying that in... The colloquial way, but I I think that I will panic. Mm -hmm. And so I I don't want... I also don't want to experience my local yarn and fabric shops like that. Yeah. But they also haven't been open this whole time. Right. So they're just now... um, I think both of my locals are doing, like, by appointment, limited numbers of people and definitely have like sanitation in place and things like that but I just I don't know I both really really miss it and I'm totally afraid to go
1: that's also not the case everywhere
0: oh no of course it's not um I mean
2: it is yeah but even in the places where you know that it is being practiced Mm -hmm. it's
0: still yeah It's still stressful. I I feel like I'm kind of weirdly lucky that I live in New York City where we were the epicenter of the pandemic for a very long time. And so we've had all of this time to have it be second nature. Mm -hmm. And it took so long for any of these things to even be able to start to reopen That, like, we're used to avoiding people. Like, we get spooked on the sidewalk. So it's almost, I think, an advantage, at least as far as people really truly enforcing social distancing and cleanliness practices, that we already went through how bad it gets yeah the gravity of it is yeah is yeah real there that's exactly what i mean um like there's no question in anyone's mind that a deadly thing is still and has been happening yeah because when you live in a city like new york with a population density like new york's everybody knows someone i'm sorry what is happening (laughs) It's not me. That is that
2: is my cat wanting to join the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Come
1: on. Hi, kitty. <laughs> Meow. How are you, Darcy cat? <laughs> that is the cutest. <laughs> Sorry, friends. She sensed we were talking about something anxious and came to rescue us.
0: <laughs> yes, that, that must <laughs> be it.
1: <laughs> oh, so my. in an effort to work with... Some of the materials I find myself with around the house, like items that I'm realizing now during shelter in place that are commonly recycled but could mm-hmm. be craft supplies, mm-hmm. I'm finding that there's a few items that I'm setting aside more and more to try and do crafts with. And I realized that um, glass bottles were starting to become a favorite, um, like colorful, <laughs> like bottles that are colorful, bottles that Welcome. have <laughs> an interesting label, you know. Yes. Um I try to be very judicious so I don't end up with, like, a huge sticky, like, grocery store bag of empty, like, wine and beer bottles, but... Oh,
0: they're just lined up next to my kitchen sink.
1: We
2: (laughs) we always have, like, we have to do, like, regular pare-downs on, like, jam jars, pasta sauce jars, Mm -hmm. because a lot of them are, like, like, mason jars and stuff, and they're, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we...
1: I've seen better days at a certain point.
2: yeah, and then you just like you go, what am I actually going to do with these if I don't have a project? So I like the idea of mm-hmm. coming up with
1: plans for them. Yeah. The problem <laughs> uh-huh is that um if you're trying to craft with glass, it's like super dangerous. <laughs> sure. Yes. Do you have leather gloves? um well this is what I did so far um so I have no training in like working with glass at all but I wanted to do something simple like let's just see if we can cut a bottle in half or um drill a hole in a bottle and then I could do things like propagate plant cuttings with them but only need like one bottle and then if it's a wine bottle it won't be as tippy because it's bottom heavy etc so I'm just trying to also learn how to cut these glass bottles because I have a lot of ideas for like Plant designs, and um, yeah, lots of designs for um, plant propagation stations and things, and even like yarn bowls that I just want to play with. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, I just I've said it before on the podcast. I just keep coming back to being more interested in trying to create with recycled materials, and um, other than that, and that's dip such ties. a good thing for right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all that to say is, I started watching some YouTube videos and other tutorials because uh, I didn't want to just go into attempting to cut glass blind. Yeah. And there are several common methods. Um, so for the first attempt at cutting just a hole in a wine bottle, um, I used a butane torch like you use for making creme brulee, like for torching the top of it and making it all crispy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you need, But you need butane for that. Um, and so there's a safety issue there a little bit <laughs> and safety gloves. But it's
0: also probably one of the safer
1: mm-hmm hand methods yeah well I mean I tried it out I was unsuccessful if you haven't if listeners haven't guessed by now um but I tried I
0: scored well it's good for finishing rough edges well the I tried
1: following a couple different tutorials um Mm -hmm. approaches like I kind of combined a couple and you basically score the glass to start to give it um like a weak point and then you Mm -hmm. torch it a lot until it glows like bright orange and then you can, um, when it's hot enough, like push it through, um, or you can, uh, break it not off in with some glass. Um, <laughs> yeah. this is not a tutorial. I'm just talking about what I <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. And then I wasn't having much luck. I was getting the weak points to show up, but I was like, mm, let's experiment with adding water. But that was a total fail. Um, because it just, it was too much of a temperature change too quickly and if the mm. cut would have been if the break would have been controlled putting in, putting it into the water from hot to cold i think it would have been a clean break but i just had it shatter so far and then i was oh, nervous yeah. and thought i would wait again to build up my confidence and watch some more tutorials before i tried I that again
0: to remember i remember how oh i'm i'm currently looking at my tutorial for cutting a wine bottle in half mm-hmm. because apparently i wrote one years ago and I used the scoring method, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to get that line in glass. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: and my first thought was, is the little butane torch, like, is it maybe not hot enough?
1: Is that mm-hmm. part That's of That's kind of, of what of I was wondering, size? too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I it's a know. hand torch, and it's it's, so it's like a mini one. So it's good yeah. for, like, yeah. a dessert, but... It's also, like, you have to get that glass so hot that I kept being, like, I wonder if I'm just going to run out of butane, like, right when I'm close to being mm. Mm. at the point where I could make the glass I, break. So I just need to do more research and um, continue I think to try I to build a tea confidence. light candle. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, that's con- – yeah, cutting just a straight line pretty straightforward. There's a lot of safe tutorials for that. But for putting a hole in glass, it's a oh. little bit of a different animal.
0: I was – yeah, I was um, not thinking about that. Yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I I've never done that.
1: Mm-hmm. That's hard. You can use a soldering iron. That's the next method. I think I might try. Um, oh, so you score okay. it, and then you use the soldering iron to heat to expand your cut right along a trace line that you've drawn, so you can do any kind of shape, and then you can finish oh. it by hand. Um, okay. But yeah, I that's just want to cool. play I've around never heard with of it. That. Because there's so much glass that I end up recycling that I really think I could make into nice things for gifts. Yeah. Um. And it's different, mm-hmm. you know. I'm Definitely. A, I, I enjoy playing with new mediums. Yeah. yeah well, I and have, fire. Yes. Um.
0: I have a collection of bottles, but it's eventually to use with my microwave cone. Um. Yes. To make necklace charms, and it's I've been. Oh, almost a decade at this point. <laughs> it has been on my tutorial list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, probably since I took the class that inspired me to write the wine bottle. It, my wine bottle tutorial is a planter tutorial. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Molly's um taking a bath in the background.
2: <laughs> it's like I fall just, up there. I just all of a sudden like realized like
1: what is going plan. on
2: behind me. Like
0: a pork chop. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait really to hear more about the cutting the hole in the glass. Yeah, I, I wasn't. That's not what I was picturing. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I clearly wasn't listening. Um, but
1: cool. Yeah, but I think on based on my research. My husband is, like, he's, like, against all of this, by the way. Hey, honey, um, I'll try not to kill myself. (laughs) Um, But the most, the easiest approach I've seen is buying, like, a $10 set of glass drill bits that just go on your power tool, like, on your drill, and you just run a little stream of water that you can rig up with a punctured water bottle over it, and you just have it in a bowl of water, and you just slowly drill, and you just, the trick is just pressure so it doesn't, like, so the hole doesn't blow out on one side or crack the bottle. Mm-hmm. So I think that that'll be the easier sense. approach. Um, yeah, because but... you
0: definitely don't want to sand glass without water because mm-hmm. you don't want to breathe that.
1: Yeah, and luckily I have face masks laying all over the place, so, hey! know, so... <laughs> safety. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so Ed is very against this, but I'm very excited about it, so <clears throat> I think it sounds pretty good. Oh, yeah. you know what I've
0: heard, <laughs> but I haven't tried? That maybe you want to try with fire, <laughs> um, scoring and then tying a piece of twine, like cotton twine, around it and mm-hmm. then lighting the twine on
1: fire. I've oh, seen that with acetone, and,
0: yeah. And then once it goes all the way around, yeah. Then and then you acetone. can just like like acetone as an accelerant,
1: yeah. Like you can put it on the string <laughs> That's a
0: and just like terrible <laughs> idea, and I love it. We're gonna need to put like a disclaimer a on of... <laughs> this
1: episode. Like, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, don't do this. We're anxious and we talk about fire. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, Heidi and accelerate Let's not. Your laugh. laugh
2: to go with that, like fire, is pretty great. I have to say.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm really jealous of your blowtorch. I it's purple not cute (laughs) uh, for a while companies kept trying to send me blowtorches for (laughs) reasons somewhat unclear Mm -hmm. um I I I think it was make magazine related but I never got one because I was like this is asking for trouble this is asking for trouble
2: Uh, I mean you probably weren't (laughs) wrong I'm very jealous definitely weren't wrong
0: (laughs) no but
1: still yeah yeah Listen to Molly. She's more responsible <laughs> than me.
0: Oh, uh, I don't know. I still really want you to get amazing at cutting holes in glass so you can teach me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds
1: good. Please do. Wouldn't it be cute to also just have, like, a polka dot, like, green glass wine bottle and then grow How succulents cool out of the side? You would just, it would be cool. Yeah. Anyway. I
0: agree completely. <laughs> I have never been more behind
1: a <laughs> Yes. I like it. I will campaign with Edward to make this glass project happen.
0: Like <laughs> huh. And you could fill it with like the little um, terracotta balls. So mm. it would hold Ooh. water. Mm-hmm. Um, but not. Interesting. Obviously. Yeah. Coming like. out all of the holes, which I have tried with. Some variations of luck with like pathos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I like it. Uh, okay.
2: So, in the last episode, Haley was talking about making candles with the little roll up sheets mm-hmm. of beeswax. And yeah. a small discussion, you know, came around about other types of rolling skills. Yes. and and one of the things that i specifically do remember crafting and rolling uh were paper beads. Did you guys ever make those paper mm. those rolled paper beads when you were younger? Yes. Yeah. I okay. <laughs> so let me just tell you when i was a young teen tween or so i mm-hmm. i loved making those. I made I made tons of them. I made them into jewelry i you know had different and usually i i was most of the time i used magazine pages because it's a good like magazine recycling kind of a project i did try making them with regular paper as i've seen done Mm -hmm. and i always found that the paper like copy paper is too thick but anyway so i was thinking about those beads and it's been a very long time although my mom recently for a Christmas gift, gave me a necklace that was made out of those rolled paper beads. And they were from a woman who supports her family now making this jewelry. And um, the beads were painted and varnished and absolutely beautiful, stunning jewelry. And Mm -hmm. very far from the beads that I made as a teenager. But, you know, obviously they can become art pieces. However, here's the thing. This is really what I wanted to tell you about. This is my my teenage Molly train of shame project, if you will. Maybe it was just misguided. Oh, It was really, no, not maybe. This was definitely a dumb idea for a project. (laughs) But I loved making them so much that I decided that I should just make thousands of them so that i could create my own rolled paper bead beaded curtain. Cool. I knew
0: that's where you were headed and i am so excited. I i had like
2: a shoebox that was like the thing that i like kept my supplies in and i was like just constantly adding to the rolled beads and then i was going to put like the little pla- colorful plastic faceted beads in between them and stuff and i had a whole plan And I just made so many beads and I'm pretty sure that I had calculated exactly how many I was going to need. And even knowing the vast number that was required, I still pressed on. And, but of course, it's a long-term project. Like you can't just, you know, this isn't even just do it in a month, really, unless that's all you're doing is rolling those paper beads. So I just had this, this grand plan because... I mean, what teenager doesn't want a recycled paper beaded curtain in their room? And I'm sure my mother was thrilled with the idea.
0: I for sure
2: had a beaded curtain. Well, I mean, my my mom was... She was fine with the idea, probably because she had beaded curtains at some point in in her life. uh, You know, like in the 70s or something. But... I was going to say, everyone in the Exactly. So it wasn't really a big deal. But anyway... The train of shame comes in in that you know that never was completed. That just, it just, (laughs) I don't know how close I really was to having enough beads. But I, at some point, it just sort of the bin of beads just sat there
0: and it never became anything. And, oh, I think you should make a skirt or like a statement like vest necklace thing (laughs) well (laughs) i have so many plans the
2: sad thing is that i i don't have the beads anymore they finally went uh went in the trash or the recycling i don't remember which but eventually i gave up and it was like i know it was one of those moments of like like i just finally admitted defeat (laughs) (laughs) i had them for a long time though that's i probably had them for like 10 years before i gave up on it
1: (laughs) that's impressive
2: (laughs) anyway yeah but i did find like i just love it as i when i looked it up because you can find lots of variations on them now but i when i googled those beads i found just as of a couple weeks ago the new york times has an article about those about making those beads it has a whole tutorial and everything so i'll put the
0: link in the show notes cool (laughs) and now i want to do both of the projects that you guys talked about (laughs) and nothing that i'm supposed to be doing
1: (laughs) it's the it's the scourge of very serious crafts it is
0: this episode of the very serious crafts podcast is brought to you by the embroiderers guild of america EGA is a community of stitch-minded people who inspire passion for the needle arts through education and the celebration of its heritage. Join today to become a member of the community, gain access to educational opportunities, projects, and more. Learn more at egausa.org. So... In addition to my earlier whining about not being able to go to my fabric and yarn shops and, and such, I have also run into sort of a related issue while trying to pick out fabrics for my own personal masks. Um, as I, in theory, start going outside more. Mm-hmm. So when looking through my stash, I have all of these fabrics that I'm totally in love with that I have bought, like, dress quantities of all of them because... I am paranoid that I will decide that I need to make a dress and not have enough of any given fabric. But all of these fabrics, especially the ones that make me the most happy, Mm -hmm. like, I'm waiting for just the right project to use them, except that nothing ever seems quite good enough. Mm Mm-hmm. To actually use these fabrics that I have decided that like either I can't get more of them or like they're just too good to risk screwing them up in mm-hmm. some way and so I just have all of these fabrics that I love and can't use and that is is really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I but I mean you could use them. I you could. I, I should. I could <laughs> and I should. But I've some I've got it into my head and I have some yarn like this too that's just waiting around for the project in all caps. Uh-huh. And I feel like Now, when I can't be really going and shopping and looking and where much of my purchasing is, like, from makers on the internet, like, it's not an instant gratification thing. I should be shopping in my stash. Like, there's... Why am I buying all of this fabric that I love if I'm never going to use it for anything? Yeah. And oh god, I'm just having such such an internal war with the fabrics I love versus actually using them.
1: Yeah. Well, isn't it? I think it's it all comes down to aspirational marketing, you know, like other people <laughs> like when you in other industries when you're marketing a good to someone, Like, uh, like, fancy, like, couch. You're marketing, like, the lifestyle that someone who has, like, a pink velvet painting couch would have, you know? And so I think that's what a lot of what's being sold in the craft industry is this fantasy that you're going to make this really nice s***. And, uh, (laughs) you can feel really good when you buy the supplies to do it. Over and over and yes. over, whether or not you well, ever reach the finished project gratification stage. But the
0: thing about it is, I'm perfectly capable of sewing button-down shirts and and dresses. Like mm-hmm. this is not a thing that I can't do. Mm-hmm. It's just that I'm not doing well. <laughs> and I, I completely and, um, yeah, I
2: completely relate to that. I know that I have fabric that I'm like, or and yarn that I'm saving for just the right thing but I just recently saw and I Mm -hmm. cannot remember who it was someone on Instagram who felt the same way with their yarn and they finally came to the conclusion and they like they said basically this yarn I've always thought of this yarn as well this is too good to use for this project or that project and now they've come to the conclusion this yarn is too good not to use and I think that that's, like, mm-hmm. the shift that you have to,
1: like, go,
2: this is too good and to be sitting here doing nothing. Yes.
1: And drafting off your point, Molly, I think there's something to be said also for people who have self-esteem tied into what they allow themselves to make with. What you allow to what you allow yourself to spend on your making is symptomatic of how much value you place on yourself and your passions and hobbies. I know budgets are real, but like this is real too. But also, I like for me,
2: my I know that like my perfectionistic mm-hmm. tendencies come out where it's like the idea that I might yeah. mess up the thing and I will have wasted the supplies, um, and mm-hmm. that is very real when you talk about things that are more
0: costly. That, yeah, you you mm -hmm. You can't just but like I could just make a muslin, make a muslin, and it 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 would be fine. I just I I need to get out of that headspace Mm -hmm. of these are set aside for fill in the blank, Mm -hmm. and some of them I actually bought for specific projects. Not that I could remember
1: what projects (laughs) relatable, (laughs) Um,
0: but. It would make me so happy to open my closet and have those fabrics be the things in yeah. my closet. Mm-hmm. And
1: yet. yeah, I say go for it, girl. You're worth it. That's what I'm saying. All right. Just pick we'll something. See. Don't be paralyzed by indecision. Yeah, because even
2: if it doesn't, even if be bold. the pattern or dress that you make doesn't end up being like the ideal dress that even you thought of at the time that you bought the fabric. If you love the fabric, then whatever mm-hmm. you make out of it, you'll you're gonna love because
0: of that. And I mean that's fair. I have um, probably anybody who has ever seen me at any type of event or trade show has seen me either in my typewriter dress or my scissors yep. dress. Mm-hmm. Neither of those dresses fit me. Just for the record, um, I they originally had sleeves which i cut off because at the time that i made them i did not know how to do a full bust adjustment mm-hmm. and like they look fine they look fine when worn with a cardigan <laughs> mm-hmm. but they aren't perfect yep. but i love them and mm-hmm. you're totally right and i mean i made those gosh a decade ago mm-hmm.
1: and i've th- enjoyed I have them three all of this them time
0: that are the same dress yep and I, I have worn them so many times. Mm-hmm. And you're right. You're Sorry. Right. Thank you for, uh, thank you for telling me to just suck it up and and make a thing. I needed to hear that I should just suck it up and make a thing.
1: Again, as always, as always, Haley, relatable content. Uh-huh.
0: to tell someone else, oh, just make it. Yeah. <laughs> and it is so hard to actually pull something out of your own stash mm-hmm. that you have, like, something that delights you when you see it mm-hmm. and then to actually cut into it. Like, don't want to. <laughs> and heaven forbid you pattern match.
1: Oh, gosh. Ugh.
0: And... We all know that I want a pattern match.
1: Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah. Well, anyway. While we're talking about um, just the right fabric for just the right project, allow me to jump in with this this episode's gardening installment. Oh, yeah, <laughs> That's now become a thing. <laughs> and um, I must say that this, pro- in retrospect, this is not at all surprising, but um, it is approximately as hard to pick out a new plant and also the appropriate pot for it to thrive in that also matches it and your house and where you put it and the drainage blah 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 that is (laughs) approximately as hard as shopping for yarn or fabric etc i couldn't
0: agree with you more
1: (laughs) it's infuriating i especially
0: knowing they will (laughs) out yes the perfect thing yes you have found yes but if you buy the bigger one then you're gonna get root rot mm-hmm. because it won't dry out fast enough
1: oh and those are expensive yeah they, Planters, are. they yeah. really can be um, they, and the
0: ones that i want in my apartment <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. at least
0: because snobby brooklyn
1: <laughs> and but and- <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. i just wanted to mention that and also this brings me back to my campaign to become really good at glass cutting. Um, so, so many of the more affordable cute pots that you find online or at shops have no drainage at all. I, I don't th- know why. Yeah, they are I see that all way. the time. I'm
0: like, what? I can tell you why. <laughs> yes? Um, because they are meant to be used with liner pots. So mm-hmm. you can remove the plant to water it through and then... It would be cute if they came the with
1: liners then that were designed to fit them, ever. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. They used to. <laughs> like, that used to uh-huh. be a thing. I have one set of matching little planters. Like, and also, it's not a big deal. I have a million plant liners that I repurpose from when I buy plants at the garden center, or whatever. But I have two little, like, wall-hanging planters that came with custom liners, but they never do otherwise. And so you can use the liner or you can drill a hole in the bottom and um that seems like a really good excuse to buy those drill bits. I'm yeah.
0: Saying. I mean ceramic <laughs> isn't very hard to drill through. Mhm. Um or nor is terracotta. It's definitely just like an outdoor activity. Mhm. Um I mean you always do run the risk of breaking them and that is the Yeah, problem especially when they're if expensive. You're buying
1: an expensive? Yep. Thing. Yeah.
0: Speaking of cutting into things.
1: Yeah, exactly. I wasn't, going, I wasn't going to go back to the um, glass-cutting topic in my second topic today, but yes, here we me. are. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm very here for it. Anyway. Oh, yeah. And then, just while I'm on the subject of plants as well, I got a banana palm tree uh, cool. last weekend. I got a really good deal on it from the locally-owned nice. garden center. And, um... I don't know. I think I uh, odds are about 50-50 whether or not it'll make it once winter sure. hits in the Midwest. Because it's a high humidity palm that likes lots of light. And my apartment has the light thing in spades all day, for sure. That's why I decided yeah. to roll the dice. But I am just not that confident in my ability to consistently take care of this thing correctly. I mean,
0: <laughs> a gravel tray ought to do it. Um, my mom always had one... Um, in our house growing up. She had mm-hmm. one of the big ones that we called it a corn plant.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but she had one that was... She kept having to cut the top off because it would hit the ceiling. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's c- certainly capable
1: yeah. of surviving. Um, my backup plan... I think plan, you can do it. It's <laughs> it's in a a pot on a little roller tray. And my backup plan... Uh-oh. if it gets really really tall is to wheel it over to my studio because the ceiling's really really high and I have like floor to ceiling <laughs> windows almost there so my studio might become this place where I overwinter my palm tree
0: <laughs> well there you go <laughs> which I would think be really that's funny a completely fine idea besides it would be nice to have a palm tree yeah in my
1: Instagram content from my studio in Chicago in winter that'd be really yeah yes those are cute photos I think yeah
0: <laughs> I agree the it,
2: You've got a plan? Yeah. I it would be good to have a plant there with you, but then also,
0: yeah, I thought photos that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can also buy it a humidifier. Oh
1: I think goodness. I might have to from what I've been reading. Uh,
0: I have for sure uh, bought humidifiers for my plants. Yeah. And dedicated hygrometers. I love it. For uh, it. I love it. Oof-da. I got a humidifier. <laughs> Listen, I was on anti-anxiety medication at the time that, um, I'm really excited about (laughs) your plant.
1: Thank you. Yeah. It would be great if I could be as excited about crafting right now as I am about my plants, but we'll get there again. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Sometimes it's plant time. Yeah. Sometimes it's crafting time. I go back and forth between the two also. Mm -hmm. Like, it's usually an either-or thing for me. Mm. And, I mean, I've always, well, I live in a jungle. Um, A a jungle that shouldn't be able to exist since I also live in a cave. But, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, plant witch. (laughs) Yes. I love Mm -hmm. it. I love it. But, yeah. You can do it. I I believe in you.
2: Yay. Thank you. I'm in, like, I'm in uh, apparently rolled paper mode today for things that i'm talking about because why not uh so i've actually had this like on a list of things that i thought that i might talk about at some point for a while and obviously i was in the mood to talk about it so today quilling if you are not familiar with quilling (laughs) uh it is like (laughs) designs made from small tightly rolled paper sometimes less tightly basically it's paper rolling that makes designs and here's the thing Haley your reaction to this is pretty much how I normally react to quilling and here's why it's because my great aunt who was an unusual person uh she did quilling Uh and so when I think of it when I think of the craft I think of Aunt Marg and um and I it's not they're not it's not sweet and pleasant. It's always like, oh, oh quilling, Aunt Marg. <laughs>
0: um, may she rest in peace. I mean... Um, I, that's just... I, I feel that way it. about quilling without Aunt yeah. Marg. So. <laughs> I don't know. I just... It was always
2: very much... Um, and it probably was because she was working from, like, kits or something. It, it was very... It felt very prescribed, tiny little flower things. And I don't even remember. She must have made some like wall art or something. But because of my perception of it and the connection there, I have never tried it. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had the supplies for it or anything. I do remember it was probably like at Michael's or Joanne when you would see the packs of the quilling papers all prepped and everything. And I remember looking at it, but I never actually did it. And at some point I was having a conversation with my friend Katie about this subject, and she told me about a quilling artist, and everything changed in my head. So the artist is, and I'm going to, I think the pronunciation is Yulia Brodskaya, and this is not, this is not like Aunt Marg's Mm. quilling. Uh, At one point... (laughs) I realized there was a, she designed. This is beautiful. This is like, this is modern. It's bright colors. It's all kinds of different styles and some really large pieces. At one point, if you live in the United States, you may have encountered a postage stamp that had her artwork on it of uh, a heart or something. Yeah. Yeah. And and I didn't, I I remember seeing it at the time. I did not make the connection that that's really what that was. Wait, no, I
0: have... My mom bought a bunch yeah, of them.
2: They were, they're <laughs> mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. I did not make cool. the connect between those two things. But once you see her work, I honestly think you, everything changes because it's, it's really stunning. And then as I was looking at her stuff again, more recently, she shared a picture by another quilling artist named Amy Crane. And you guys have to. I, I put this link up. You have to click on it and, and take a look at this. You will be amazed by this piece. It does not even... You wouldn't think it was quilling if when you first saw it. That's quilling? Holy <laughs>
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs>
2: uh, so, obviously, I'll put links to all of these things in the show. And this Audrey Hepburn piece, too. We're talking too. about the cat, right? Yeah. So, the, this the is cat amazing. was the piece that, um, that Julia shared and that I saw I was like... Again, like, this person, her work is much more Wow, that's realistic. like thread painting. Yes, yes, exactly. But with little strips of paper. And, like, if you, do, again, if you haven't seen quilling before, they're attached on the paper's edge. So it's not like a paper collage. It's, you're seeing mm-hmm. the edges and then, like, that little bit of the side of the paper. That's what gives you the the view of it. But it's just... I mean, I can't even imagine how many little strips of paper are in this cat. It's perpendicular. Yeah. Um, Again, this, her Amy Crane, very different from Yulia Brodskaya. One very modern, one much more realistic kinds of things. But both are, I mean, this is is using a craft medium to make stunning art pieces.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking that traditional quilling looks almost identical to Victorian hair wreaths, mm. and I'm unclear why I hate it so much, <laughs> since I love Victorian hairwork. Again, I think sometimes, like, mm. the context you see something in, you just kind of... Well, it's that I I hate doing it. It's not that I hate looking okay. at it or anything. Like actually doing actually it. Actually seeing people's quilling. Like it doesn't, I mean, sometimes it's really cool. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. But I don't look at it. Yeah, I, have, I still haven't tried it. Although, yeah, I, th- I think
2: that I probably have not even seen all that much quilling other than what my aunt was doing, and then maybe a few things along the way, but it's one of those things in my head that I just am like, "Uh, eh, it's sort of, it's just, it's one of those meh kinds of things to me, and that just isn't the case anymore, so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I was part of a salon um, last year where uh, there were 12 people, and we met once a month yeah. online, so we were all over the world. And every time it was someone's turn to teach something, show something, like, it went from magic tricks to, um, one of them was a Disney Imagineer, so we got, um, castle replica building materials, like, a bunch of interesting things, mm-hmm. but, um, one of the people very cool, sent us quilling stuff, and... Like, with no instructions at all, just with the idea that we would hang out and talk and play and try to make creative things with it. Yeah. And it was just, I just wasn't good enough at it to be precise enough. Right. That that's why I don't okay. like it. <laughs> um, and, like get glue stuck on my fingers and then it would stick to the paper and then it would move the thing that it took me 15 minutes to get to stay there. Anyway. Um, so I'm sure quilling is very nice and relaxing to some people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It is not to me. Um, I'm also on medication that makes my hands shake. Mm-hmm. So that's not Yeah, helpful. That makes it less fun. Yeah, <laughs> Yes. But anyway, so I guess I should not maybe harass quilling quite as much as i want to
2: (laughs) well i've harassed it on behalf of my aunt marg enough apparently so (laughs) not on behalf (laughs) of her directed towards her i guess you have to try it maybe i'll send you my quilling supplies (laughs) i yeah again (laughs) i probably what i should have found is all right there
0: we go (laughs) Here's what, a what i tool. should
2: have done was found an example of the stuff that i like think of in my head so that i could compare it with what people are actually doing with it and then then it all makes sense or maybe it's it's, it's still possible in my head. that
0: i have a photograph made... of my <laughs> path if you want to use it without calling out someone <laughs> you might make mad true Anyway.
1: Uh, quilling. Quilling. So beautiful, though. Yeah. Modern quilling. I mean,
0: quilling. it, it yeah. is. Well, and... When done yeah. skillfully, it's And lovely. I think, you know,
2: as you... The fact that you said modern quilling, it also... Part of that is, mm-hmm. like, how... Just, like, the some vintage crafting, we look at it now and go, what in the world were people thinking? And they may do yeah. that for us as well, so... Things, things just change over time. Hmm. But anyway. We can only can I hope. feel
0: like now I want to yeah. explore quilling, but in the mode of Victorian hair work. Yeah. That could be very interesting. Especially like the 3D, uh, there's a really traditional um, headstone and weeping willow, um, usually three-dimensional yeah. scene. That I think could be really cool. Nice. In, with the right... Mm. Anyway. <laughs> maybe maybe quilling will redeem itself in my it eyes. It could. <laughs> it could. Anyway. Still bad at it.
2: <laughs> we, we have faith in you. But on that note, we should wrap this up. Yes. For today. Okay,
0: fine. So, as we end today's episode, we'd like to... Give a final thank you to our sponsor, the Embroiderers Guild of America. And again, you can learn more about them at egausa.org. And thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. And finally, if you're a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us yes thanks in advance (laughs) yes thank you we love you (laughs) bye